It was really great talking with Ricardo. He has a great perspective and is doing some real next level work helping better our profession. It was great hearing about what he's been up to, and I really look forward to seeing what he does in the future. He's got some awesome projects lined up. Anyways, without further ado, we're going to take care of some business and then get right to it. This podcast is for informational purposes only. It is not, nor is it intended to be, a substitute for professional arboriculture advice and should never be relied upon to perform or direct arboricultural work. The Tree Thinking Podcast makes no representations as to the accuracy, completeness, or suitability of any information on this podcast will not be liable for any damages arising from the use of any information in the practice of arboriculture or tree work. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the guests and their appearance on the podcast does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. The podcast and its hosts are not to be held responsible for misuse, cited, and or unsighted cited copies of the content within this podcast by others. The Tree Thinking Podcast may not be reproduced or distributed without the express written consent of the Tree Thinking Podcast. Ready? Ready. Ricardo is a climbing arborist. In the last 12 years, he's been involved in line clearance, bark beetle killed removals in the Sierras. Nowadays, he works towards tree care, putting his focus on plant health care, air spading, crown restoration, all the good stuff. He's recently shifted into sharing what he's learned by putting on trainings. A matter of fact, he just got back from Columbia, where he just put on a rigging course. On this episode of the Tree Thinking Podcast, we talk to an arborist who is making the industry better place through what he does in the field and through the classes he teaches. On this episode of the Tree Thinking Podcast, we talked to international instructor extraordinaire, Ricardo Vasquez. All right, we're back again. I'm, I'm stoked about this episode. You know, one of the themes that we've been talking about on the last couple episodes are uh, doing trainings, and uh, we've told some stories about the trainings we're in, and now we get to hear from somebody else that uh, not only was doing a training, but was doing it in another country, so... I look forward to hearing about that, but before we get too far into that, my name's Andrew. I'm Becca. Jamie. Now I'm Ricardo. All right. Awesome. <laughs> right on. Welcome, Ricardo. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys, for having me. Yeah, thanks oh, for coming yeah, on. Oh, no, yeah. I'm glad that you were able to make it. I know we've been talking about uh, having you on for a little while now, um, and you had your trip to Columbia. And I'm glad that we kind of postponed it till afterwards because uh, I was watching, you know, some of your posts on Facebook and on the Instagram and whatnot. And, uh, man, that looked like an awesome trip. Uh, I, I, I really look forward to hearing, hearing about your adventures. Uh, but before we get too far into that, uh, let's, let's do some stories from the field. Uh, All right. Who's got some stories? I got one. I got um... – we're doing this uh, yesterday, actually. We're doing this uh, caveman job, this giant tree. You guys might have seen this tree on a uh, little tree self-contest thing, which is like guess the high tree. And um, this tree is in the city of Glendora, California. And it's in a little local park, kind of just like a, it's like it's its own thing, like just a bicentennial, bicentennial tree park. And this tree is a, uh, I think it was the little black that they have at the base of the tree. I think it says it was planted in the late 1880s. Wow. So, yeah, that, that tree is really old. It's, I mean, 
I was born like maybe like a hundred and some years later. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, which is kind of crazy. Wow. And like now, like we get to take care of the tree, and um, we we came in. Uh, tree care, they got hired um, by the by the city to come and do some inspection and catalog every cable that's in there, and then we got to tag it and put it into a system that way we know like which cable has to get fixed or replaced or which cable has failed and that's what we were doing yesterday and it's, it's kind of crazy you know like this it's a ficus uh microphylla is the okay. scientific name of it which is a more big for the common name and they're they're native to australia and obviously in australia they get to grow probably bigger than that that one that's there and it's just insane climbing a such a giant tree and it's just got maybe it's got maybe like 40 46 40 i'm gonna say like maybe 50 at at the most cables in it wow yeah it's kind of insane i'd I'd say it's overkill but um that's that was the city's answer to yeah i think when when there's enough cables that you have to like inventory and catalog them (laughs) (laughs) a full day goes into just figuring out what cables doing what figuring out (laughs) (laughs) i mean and it i mean i guess like i mean i would i don't know what else i mean they could do i mean we came in yesterday and then it looked like um the tree had just been pruned and got a bunch of airway reduction and i don't know what's going it's kind of weird like there was a couple cables that failed and i mean just trying to guess you know, obviously we don't we come in after the fact and just trying to guess like what the heck happened here or what i was like we trying to figure out what what exactly is making these cables fail in the trees kind of hard and i mean obviously some of these cables they were like put in like shit i don't fucking know maybe in the 90s some of these like were like hand flies and it was just like <laughs> not the best not the best and like the trees the gear that's in there like all the hardware and and things are like ripping out and i don't know maybe these guys are hitting them with the boom and oh. <laughs> they're barking trucks when they're putting them i don't know and then they're cutting massive limbs out and then they're just leaving the cables hanging there so it's just kind of crazy you know like, oh, wow. <laughs> coming coming in coming in after the fact trying to figure out what the heck is going on were and, these uh... but anyways were these static cables or dynamic? No, they're static. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're all static. Then. Wow. So you can imagine, like, the the trouble we're, sometimes we have to go through to get, like, these cables kind of taut because they're, these, these limbs are literally, literally just lateral trees that, mm-hmm. like, they're that big, the, uh, some of these limbs on that, on that tree. There's, like, little trees just, going off to the side you know hmm. oh yeah i uh I, I think i saw a post on your facebook page yesterday you didn't you put some pictures of this one on there yeah yeah, yeah I, I put up a couple of them yeah that that was crazy it was it, uh it's a massive tree and even uh i mean the canopy just how far spread it is is impressive yeah. but even like down to the root system you know it and part of it's you know up in the pacific northwest we don't have a lot of trees that look like that it, you know it it has a total different growing pattern than what we're used to. So me looking at yeah. that tree was kind of mind blowing. It was like, holy smokes, where where you even start climbing that thing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's kind of crazy, you know. And it's like, I mean, it's been that tree, like I said, you know, it's like 
it was planted in the late 1880s. I forget the name of the guy, but he was like one of the first residents of that city, and he planted that tree there. Wow. Been there ever since. It's pretty cool. Like that's like the city's little treasure, you know, like that giant tree. Yeah. And you wouldn't, you wouldn't even think like that tree is there because like it's so big and like tall, but like I don't know, it's just kind of weird, like how it's split, like just hidden in that neighborhood. Okay. But once like you drive like into the street that like it's in there, you're like, whoa, like just can just captivate you, you know, it's just like, so massive. Yeah, it's in a um, park. Yeah, it's like a little park. Yeah, tiny little green space. But like, yeah, a little green space. But there's like it's in, in a, literally in the neighborhood, houses like around it and stuff. You know, and it's just like that little space, and it's it's pretty cool. Uh, I'm glad that like Tree Care was brought on, on that yeah. project. I mean, yeah. we do a lot of cabling, so I think I mean maybe, maybe that's just like. They're like, hey, those guys know cables, and maybe you should get them here. You know, it was pretty cool. I, the only annoying part is just getting your throne line stuck in cable sometimes. Yeah. Oh, the, yeah. Hard, the harder part is harder part is having to go fetch it afterwards. You know. Oh yeah. But, um, we got a we have a tree in Eugene. It's uh, the Owen Cherry Tree. It's I think it's the only tree in Eugene that's on the Oregon Historic Tree List. But uh, it's a big old massive cherry, really old, kind of these giant sprawling canopy. And it's got, yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's got 50 cables in it, but it wouldn't surprise me if it had 30. It And, <laughs> and the in, I've, I've worked on it for years. I uh, When I was in the residential uh, industry, the company I worked for was, you know, uh, one of those companies that was kind of ahead of the game. So we were cabling it 15 years ago probably. And putting some cables in, and now I work for the city, and I've come back and climbed it working for the city. And it's interesting because yeah. long before Sperry was out there putting cables, like back in the eighties, nineties, people so that were putting cables. So there's like the J lags where they just screwed into the side and just like you were saying, splice the cable back to itself. And you know, there's yeah. these crazy uh, supports that are cemented into the ground at the base, and uh, the amount of time and energy they've put into that is crazy. So. I, I've got a little bit of the idea when you're picturing it, but man, that that's crazy. Wow. 50 cables. I can't imagine trying to throw a throw ball into a tree with 50 cables. <laughs> I'm going to say, <laughs> yeah. like right now, I'm, I'm actually looking at the photos that you posted, Ricardo, of this specific yeah. specimen, and oh my gosh, that's a really cool tree. <laughs> like those buttress yeah. fruits. And I'm yeah. curious, um, do those fruit? They like yeah. Make, I mean, were there figs on there? Could you just like be cruising around eating figs, all <laughs> <time>? <laughs> asking for a friend? Yeah, yeah. That's kind of kind of just like buttress roots, you know. And just like the, those big ficus trees tend to grow like that. Like they have like this huge flare. Yeah, but they're basically really just roots. Yeah, they're yeah. yeah, they're just big buttress roots, you know. And like they're just protruding out. I'm sure, like. Some of the other absorbing roots are like probably spread way past their canopy. You know, it's just like you just imagine the the scale of like the root system on that tree is probably insane. Yeah. Oh man, just it's, massive. It's like no ficus I've ever seen before. I'm like continuously <laughs> scrolling through these pictures, <laughs> <laughs> and I see yeah, all those cables too in the in the photos. Wow. Yeah, and it's just, it's kind of crazy, you know, just trying to move around it. Um, even inside the tree, it's kind of cumbersome sometimes. Like, I cables everywhere, and it's just, like, got, 
like obviously we're cabling trees that so we're like lunging gear like little packs and stuff and then sometimes you get all stuck in a cable and then it's just it's a whole ordeal like yeah. yesterday i think we we spent basically all day fixing some cables i think we ended up working on seven we ended up addressing seven cables and it was just like that took us all day oh man so oh, yeah, like that, oh, oh. yeah that's and a lot of cable because of the, the size yeah, and, and it's it's mostly because of the spread of the tree you know yeah. like yeah and it's just like kind of crazy having to work on things like that how many climbers and did you have up in it we had three okay well uh our our boss nick nick area helped us for like half a day so i three and a half with him and then yeah <laughs> and then so like yeah three and a half <laughs> but and then we ended up having only uh, one ground worker on the ground and it was kind of overwhelming for him like for a while because it was like we're like hey joe give me this joe give me that and it's like getting called in different directions and nick's like yeah i should have got another guy to come over here <laughs> it's like, i'm like yeah but um he ended up leaving after lunch and then it was just three of us up there in the tree afterwards so nice. like we just divided our path you know i think at that point um our other climbers colin and evan were like fixing cable while i was inspecting others and like cutting old ones that like had failed like some some of the ones that failed are because of like earlier you mentioned like some of them having j-lags and, and it felt like these j-lags are just like straight up just coming off of the tree or like you know obviously like the compartmentalization and the rust hadn't having to play a big part in it like some of these are just failing because it's just old yeah so was like was the tree absorbing the J-lag and then it was pulling it out? Or was it just rusting out within it and, like, breaking the steel? A little bit of both, yeah. So, like, the tree, like, there's a couple of cables that, like, are on the tree and they're they're holding. They're, it's got so much tension on it, but, like, you can't even see the hardware anymore because it's, like, somewhere inside right. one of those giant yeah. branches. Yeah, so it's, like, kind of crazy um, looking at, like, all of that stuff, you know, and it's just like, this tree probably didn't. Yeah, you guys do a ton of, like, well, I guess from your Instagram, you guys do a lot of cabling and bracing and propping and stuff. What would be, yeah. like, the coolest, most memorable, you know, job, if 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 it's not this one, I guess? Um, shit, I don't know. <laughs> <freaking> <laughs> um, Put you on the spot there. <laughs> Uh, dang, I don't know. I think I, I just recently did a, a, it was a dynamic cabling system basically, but I installed it as a, like a hub. I think I, oh yeah, yeah. I want to, yeah, I, I want to say like that one's pretty memorable to me. Just like, it, it's kind of cool when we get hired to do these kind of things. It was a, that tree that I, that cabling system hub, it was, uh, these trees got topped at like, they're they're eucalyptus they got popped at like maybe 10 feet off the ground <laughs> and then thought they were gonna die but then now you got like four new leaders just going straight up uh-huh. see they're they're not well attached but the client's like i want to save them i want to keep them and they're tall enough that if they were to fail um i think right behind where i put those is it really uh, 
busy street, and it's a really famous street in California. And we're here in LA, at least at Sunset Boulevard. Kind of like it's closer to the the coast. We're right by the ocean. And if they were to fail, then obviously it, it caused a lot of damage. But the client wanted to keep the trees. He just bought the house, and he's like, "No, I really like them." So I think I ended up doing that that caving hub by myself just because I was just so sketched out, like like the ball the movement that was going on with the, with the eucalyptus. Yeah. Like once I got to the top, they were kind of like just just moving a lot just because they're so skinny that at the top. And I remember like I was, I was supposed to have another partner up there and i was like nope i don't want anybody <laughs> else up here was like, it was just it just felt sketchy and eerie and it was memorable to me because i ended up having to splice all of the, all of that like by myself obviously like it was kind of like ah, i wish i had help but at that point you know i was like I, i'd rather like be safe and just just try to do i well obviously i did it on my own and just like just try to mitigate all that risk or that added risk you know of like having to the weight of two climbers up there just pulling on these stems. Yeah, we're right. Trying to like save them and stuff, you know. But I think that one, that one's pretty memorable. Um, yeah, I saw that on. It was either your Instagram or Tree Care LA's Instagram, but it was like basically like a rigging hub, right in the middle, like those purple DMM yeah. rigging hubs. And then you had uh, dynamic cables spliced all off that. Like, how many different cables were coming off of that? I think I, think I ended up putting five. Five, yeah. Yeah, wow. I think I ended up, yeah, I think I, I think I ended up putting five to that hub, and and it's just like that that thing is just a task of its own, just having to splice up in the yeah. in the tree, you know. It's like like splicing can already. I mean, obviously, dynamic cabling is not that hard to splice, but obviously, like if you don't know what you're doing, like that could be really hard. And, uh-huh. Yeah. If you don't get into it. Lucky for us, you know, we like got Nick Ray, who's freaking master splicer, and hot as well. You know, <laughs> like I splice a lot of rope too, and it's kind of cool, you know, having to do those those little little projects like that. And like that one to me is memorable just because like it was the first cave, dynamic cabling hub I got to do. I had done one before with Nick, like all together and stuff like that. But like that was the first one I had to do by myself. Like just to me, like that one's like the most memorable one. Memorable one. And there's now like I don't know. I was like. Hope you're there. Oh, yeah. Sorry about that. You, you're, you're breaking up. Did you, did you just put on like a Bluetooth or something? It, the quality just went drastically down. It's kind of hard to understand you. I'm sorry. I had, I guess, like my stereo was on, and then like hooked up to the stereo. Oh. I was, I'm talking to you guys on my on my AirPods Pros, and I was just like, "Whoa, what happened?" I was like, "Oh, <laughs> crap!" All right. We're oh. good now. I turned that off. Sorry oh, no about worries. That. Sorry no worries. Technical <laughs> oh, no worries at all. This is uh, this is about as low stress of a you know scene as possible. We're <laughs> literally just sitting around drinking some wine a client gave us in my garage right now. <laughs> out of mason jars. Uh, yeah, out of mason jars. You know. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's Drink chill. Out of the blue balls. But yeah, that was the first time I've seen a rigging hub like that. That was, that was really cool. Yeah. We've actually done some with with static cabling as well. Like, guys, um, we we install out of the rig guy system is what we use a lot when it's for the static cabling. And we've done a couple of like rigging hubs with static cabling, and that that right there too is kind of crazy. You know, like I think I've only done that one 
ones actually too. Okay. But um, but I, to me, I much rather do the dynamic kidling because like that still allows for, uh, for a tree to just do its own thing, you know, move mm-hmm. really with the wind and like you know like once you're putting static cables in it, you know, you're just like that's not. You're impeding the tree from doing its natural thing, you know. So oh. like for for me, I, I I would prefer or I prefer doing dynamic cabling. Yeah, static yep. cabling um, is a lot more intrusive in general. Obviously, yep. yeah. I, well, I I see it making sense when there's like an obvious defect, not just like included bark, but totally. you're like seeing a crack in the tree it, or yeah. something. Then you got to come in and yeah, you know. yeah. Like, you got to support kind of it. Our only yeah. Well, and yeah. that's when you were saying you know having the the ring with multiple uh, static cables coming off of it. That seems a little funnier to me because you're going to have more movement. It would, I would think, with as as a tree's moving, if you have multiple points that are kind of pulling in different directions, you'd think you'd want yeah. that dynamic system on it to to kind of you know if you just think of the function of dynamic compared to static, yeah. why you'd have yeah. it, you know, and like wind effects yeah, on the, trees and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the ones I the one had the little hub that I did with the static cable system like that one, it was like. I think I like I don't even know why all that on that one. I forgot what the issue was with it. It was a, a liquid amber um, that ended up needing. I think it had like some some included bark, and obviously we're just trying to preserve the tree as long as we can for the for the client. And, but I get what you're, like I'm I'm with you on that. You know, it's like yeah. I, you're just impeding it from like like at that point. I feel like if one going to go then it's going to pull probably another extra two or maybe all of them yeah. with it you know just because like it's got like all that static load on there yeah but <laughs> i mean that's also one of the interesting things about kind of the work we do is every situation is so unique you know i mean one, yeah, like, one situation takes this another one takes that and i might be saying that it doesn't make sense but i'm sure there's a situation that i have not thought of where it makes a hundred percent sense you know <laughs> yeah yeah like at that point we needed i think I think Nick had uh, just made the judgment call on like not doing the dynamic cable system because of um, the limbs were just too big that if one were to fail, the dynamic cable system probably wouldn't support the weight mm. on it. Yeah, See, that I makes think that's sense. what the issue was. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, that makes total sense. Like another more memorable like cabling stuff. Like, now that we're like talking about the cabling stuff, we've done a. We've done some projects, you know, they're kind of like, obviously there's no pictures because like we're like, they make us sign an NDA and stuff like that. But we work for Disney, like at their, really? their theme park here. Oh, wow. And like oh, we do a lot of, yeah. I we always do a lot wondered of about that. Yeah. That's so funny. <laughs> that, that's funny. I was, I was over at Disney. I, I've got a, a couple little kids. And so uh, in 2019, kind of oh, yeah, you were... before it all went to hell. I, I went to Disney yeah. with the kids and, uh, I, you know, as an arborist, you walk around Disney like, I wonder who's doing all That's, this. This got to be a good gig. That. And then you're like, wait a second. When the hell do they get in here? You couldn't do tree work right now. I'm really curious. I grew up in Orlando, Florida, so I, I always wondered about that myself. So when do you, yeah. when do you even yeah, do that like work? The, yeah, part of the NDA is like we can't post any pictures, videos or anything just because like, all the work is like done at night. So yeah. I think like when, when, when we work there, our shift like usually starts like around midnight or one o'clock in the morning. Wow. And then, and, and, uh, and then we're like getting off at like 
seven in the morning. <laughs> wow. And, right before and, people come in and yeah, just right before get their like dull whip. people start coming in. Yeah, like, so it's like <laughs> that, that, I guess like the thing is like, like they don't want to ruin the magic for everyone by us post like or by people just in general working there. You know, by posting like behind the scenes stuff like that. Yeah, that, I guess like that's that, that's their thing that they oh. want to do. But yeah, like the painters come yeah. in at night too. There. Oh yeah. Yeah, like everyone. That, yeah. It's it's crazy. Like I wish like wow. you guys could see like how crazy it is. Like at, at nighttime, it's like it's insane. Just packed full of like just big trucks. That's when the real magic happens. Yeah, that's when the real magic happens for real. And it's insane, you know. It's just like just coordinating all this stuff, and it's just like pretty cool and like i mean i've gotten to drive my i've driven my car inside inside the disney theme park just driving around and stuff like that oh like, nice. that's kind of cool, you know? <laughs> yeah because oh, i was seriously great. just talking about this like two days ago i'm so glad this came up <laughs> you were, what I were you uh, just at home oh <laughs> it came up in conversation did, i'm like i wonder who the arborists for disney are yeah this is so funny <laughs> <laughs> I do. I do want to say it is kind of eerie, though. Like just being there in the nighttime, because like they don't they don't turn off any of the music or anything. Like that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, yeah. Oh they, no! Like, so you're like pruning yeah. trees. It's a small world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's okay. that's the crazy. That's the crazy thing. It's like being around small world, and then they're sitting there, and like and it's like freaking three in the morning, and I was like, uh, kind of eerie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Absolutely terrifying. Are you okay? <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. yeah, I guess like like I guess like those, those kind of jobs are kind of memorable. Even though the ship sucks because like we're not used to it. Obviously, like we're doing yeah. tree work like ninety percent of the time. We're working during the day, you know. Uh huh. Yeah. Like having to come in at nine time and like just pull freaking graveyard shifts is kind of crazy. Doing tree work at that. Yeah. So it's like your your senses are like hide for sure. You know, like I mean, obviously we have like some lamps on our helmets, but. But it's just completely different, you know. It's just a whole new, whole new world climbing the high time. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> oh no, here the puns are very intended. <laughs> oh, that's that's hilarious. Yeah, we we've, uh, we've all worked for uh, the city of Eugene at different times, and so we've all uh, done night shifts. So. It is weird yeah. when you're working by light. I mean, ninety mm-hmm. percent of what you're used to being able to see isn't there, you know. And so you're just focused in on this one little part of the tree. It, it's a, yeah. it's kind of a trip. Andrew and I were on one job. You know, this big leaf maple had this huge failure that went across this whole street and hung up in another tree. And yeah, we got there and we have all our our spotlights set up. But one by one, they started dying. <laughs> and then by the end of the oh. job, it's like, oh, okay, here's the crucial cut. We're going to release it. It was just me on the ground holding a flashlight at Andrew while he's working. <laughs> yeah, well, while I got, like, the big, big chainsaw yeah, out yeah. in the boom, like, undercutting this giant thing yeah. that's rigged from multiple points. <laughs> and Jamie shining a little oh. light on it. <laughs> She's like, when Dad used to fix the truck. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's cool. That's funny. Yeah. I mean, that's funny and like just kind of crazy, you know, having to deal with those situations during the night. You know? For sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I was well, ready to pull thing. my lighter out next. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Send my lighter up to him. Yeah. Well, by, it, by any means. <laughs> by, well, and so that's part of the fun is, you know, it, 
in the time in the moment it kind of sucks but it's kind of fun looking back on those times like yep we just get it done however any means necessary you know <laughs> yeah yeah but so ricardo it came up in conversation yeah. before we called you that you had been to uh columbia recently yeah and we were wondering if you would share with us that experience um, with the training um, yeah, that you've been putting on and kind of how you got into that and things like that. Yeah, 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 of course. Um, so, like, I've kind of invited on, so I guess, like, a little project that they're, they're trying to start down there. And um, uh, the guy who started it, like, I've met him. I met him, in, I think, in Mexico in one of their competitions out there, and he's um, – he started kind of like his own like supply gear supply store down there, and okay. he's the guys from Euroway, and he's, he's trying to focus like on not just like bringing in gear because like it's really hard finding gear out there, but it's also it's even harder like finding training or proper training for mm. for these people out there. Even even out here, like this is like I, that's like part of like one of the big parts. Like I I like doing training. Cause even out here for the Spanish speaking communities, like, you know, like I feel like they're like a, a major role players in, in Arbor culture, you know, cause like a lot of, a lot of Hispanic guys are like out there, you know, doing the day to day stuff, you know, like working with these companies and like sometimes the language barrier affects them getting like all the training, you know, and stuff like that. Absolutely. So, so like that, that was like one of the, like the main things that like I, I liked about, when I took job with a uh, with the training companies and and he offered me that that job to go out there and help out and I I ended up getting added to the Colombian team because they have they have like different like all these countries Latin American countries like so like Argentina's got like a little team um, I think there's a team in Peru there's another one in Uruguay. There's one in Costa Rica, obviously the one in Colombia with my two other partners and then Mexico as well. And it was just kind of cool getting invited out there, you know, and like sharing obviously like my knowledge and, and teaching, teaching it to them in their native language, you know, cause like that's like I told you guys, it's like, that's the, the hard part getting like the people that know like proper stuff, you know, like getting handled out there. Yeah. And the, the trip ended up being pretty cool. Like, uh, the rigging course, like I try to keep it as like basic as possible because like they, a lot of these people have never even seen a Porter rat before, you know, like uh, let alone like pulleys and like, like rigging rings and stuff like that. Obviously we took a bunch of stuff like that and you guys aren't going to, I mean, or maybe you might believe this. I don't know. But like a lot of the tree work out there getting done with machetes, you know, like they're yeah, cutting yeah. branches. It, it's funny because yeah. uh, I went to Costa Rica in, I think it was 2002. And I was there for about okay. six months hanging out. And, you know, I'd been an arborist for about five years at the time. And I remember yeah. thinking like, oh, man, how cool would it be to get a, a job on a tree crew down in Costa Rica? And. You know, I get off the plane in San Jose and drive in, you know, to the hostel or wherever we were staying. And I look out the window yeah. and there's this, what looked like an 11 year old kid, like 30 feet up a tree, holding on with one hand and then hacking at a branch with a machete okay. to get like the pruning done. And like, you know, 
I don't know if it's his dad or who, what the relation was, but some, you know, man on the ground, like, no, no, cut that one over there. You know, like kind of directing him. And it was just like, yeah, yeah I don't, I don't, it's going to be hard for me to find some work around here. I don't know if uh, <laughs> what I do is, yeah. on, is the same as what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. I, I cruise yeah, around. It's, it's... I was cruising around Mexico. It was probably three years ago and I was in Mexico city and I, I saw an arborist, like just happened to see one and he had, he was tied in with like a, and it looked like like six strand rope or something, you know? Yeah. But yeah, yeah. That was all legit. It, looked, it was cool to see, you know, yeah. in a different part of the world. And then we went down to Oaxaca, and, yeah, we were seeing people in the trees with machetes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I even talked to a, a resort in Tamarindo uh, when I was there looking for work, and I, you know, just went in and was like, hey, can I talk to your manager? And I was like, yeah, I'm an arborist. I've been doing it for about five years. I'd love to, you know, help you out with some of the trees you got on this site. And they were just like, yeah, no, <laughs> we don't pay for that. You know, yeah. I love seeing, yeah. have you seen those videos on Instagram of the dude just free climbing the tree, like hugging it with his feet, climbing up and chunking it down like a boss. <laughs> yeah. That's insane. <laughs> Incredible. Yeah. yeah. Like part of you is horrified and another big part of me is extremely impressed. Oh yeah. Like that. Holy, <laughs> I would never do that. You know, that is insane. Well, the, I, I think that's a really that's the cool thing about these trainings that you're doing, Ricardo, is that most of the time when someone's new to um, tree work, people say start with the fundamentals, right? So like if you're new to climbing, yeah. they're like, oh, you should learn a Blake's hitch before you use a rope runner or anything like that. And so like that's yeah. that's like fundamental fundamentals, I feel yeah. like, and, and what, yeah. what Jamie and Andrew just brought up. And so I feel like bringing bringing some of that training into that wheelhouse there is they're well equipped to be, you know, like, I mean, they already probably, I, you know, they're great arborists. And it's it's yeah. just really cool to, to make it like safer for everyone. And Oh yeah. And kind of like um, we've talked about on a few of these podcasts, everybody starts somewhere. Yeah. You know, we've talked yeah. to guys that were world champions uh, when they, you know, talking about how when they first started, you know, they spurred every tree and, you know, they, they didn't even have a split tail, you know, so that when they advanced the rope, they would completely untie and then, you know, move around and then retie in, you know, so everybody yeah. starts somewhere and it, it's what it takes is somebody willing to go and teach them and show them the right way to do it, you know, so that's awesome that you're doing that. Yeah. 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 So like, I mean, I guess like, like before I, I keep going on that, like, I, I guess I'll just do all my mic touching on that like how i started like i mean i've been doing this for like 13 years now so like maybe i was like two years like just doing groundwork and then i was allowed to like start climbing palms because i'm here in california that's how that's, that's how they start you and obviously like they throw you with some spurs and then just a leather harness you know like those back breakers and then just a flip line basically and then your rope you know but you're not even tied into you get to the top and like that's that's all I was taught, and I was taught on a top line of that, you know. And then that's only 13 years ago, you know. It's like that's not even that long ago, yeah. Um, relatively speaking, but like, I was taught on the top line, and obviously, like, what caused me, I guess, to like be a safer person and like just wanting to know more about training was the fact that I suffered an accident with or an injury with a chainsaw while in a palm, and I'm lucky to be alive, honestly, because. Like, I went when I when I suffered this incident. Um, I was printing a palm. Chainsaw kicked back at me and uh, hit me right in the chin. 
Oh. Like, I don't know if you guys, yeah, like I, I have a scar Dude. that like now I kind of make fun of like, cause it looks like a little Wi-Fi logo on my chin. <laughs> 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 yeah. It really does, and it's just kind of funny, just like a lo- upside down uh, Wi-Fi logo. But um, your yeah, hot spot ended up, yeah, like uh, yeah, like wow. I always have um, a connection <laughs> when, when I'm around my phone. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but yeah, like that's that's what caused me, you know, like like it obviously like it didn't make me. A lot of people thought I was just gonna quit. Like, oh, he's done. Like, he's never gonna do tree work, you know? Because like, obviously, like that that can be really traumatic. Like could have hit my neck you know and just like that would have been game over for me but I think it just made me want to be better I'm like all right so now I have to be like extremely safe you know like at that point I didn't even know about hand saws and stuff like I was just carrying lunging a a chainsaw around everything you know just cutting everything with the chainsaw Mm -hmm. and like from that moment on it was just like that's what made me want to learn more and like that's how that's how when I started like just basically I think I discovered Westford and I started ordering stuff off of Westford and like just progressively like became more connected with the industry and started meeting people and like just like they would help me out here and there and like I ended up becoming certified arborist and all this other stuff and like now I'm at this point you know where I'm now I'm going down to Colombia and passing on like you know trying to practice safer culture you know and like with this course that I was just like out in Colombia, some of these people were like have never even touched the chainsaw before, you know. And like one of the one of the requirements for the for the rigging course was the fact that like they had to do hands on as well. Okay. So one of the requirements for them was that they knew how to, they had to take I think two days prior before me arriving. Actually, another day that I, I was there, they were still doing that, but they actually had to do and a a prep course with chainsaw. So they they took a chainsaw a, a little chainsaw course before they were allowed to do the course with me just because like some of these people had never even touched a chainsaw before, you know, they had never mm-hmm. actually, they had never even seen a handsaw before. Like I told you, they're doing like, they're doing true work with machetes basically, you know, like they've, they'd never seen a silky or, or, a, or one of those um, samurai handsaws, you know, they'd never seen it. And they thought it was kind of cool. They were like, Oh my God, we didn't even know these things existed. Yeah. Um, We're out here cutting like, giant branches with machetes and axes and stuff and it's just like like it's just kind of mind-boggling you know because like we're so lucky you know we live in the u.s and everything's just so readily available for us that like it's kind of crazy you know like me coming from here and then going down there and i'm like damn like it, it would suck you know like just trying to find anything you know out there you know like that and then plus there you have the economical side of it like economics you know like they're, they're Obviously, they're not making the same amount of money like how we are here, you know, with their work. And the funny thing about this, there was like three, three local firefighters, volunteer firefighters for for the city of Bogota, Colombia. They were on the course, and they're part of the the forestry division. I think is what they said. So they're the ones when when they have emergencies out there, like they don't just send anybody. Like they don't contract out to work; they send the firefighters to clear, to clear these trees, and wow. and it was kind of crazy hearing it from them that like, yeah, we're like chopping away at branches with machetes, and they're like, these are fucking firefighters. Right. Obviously, they have like chainsaws and stuff like that, you know, because like obviously the the government buys them the chainsaws, but they're only certain 
certain people were allowed to use the chainsaw, you know, because like I, like I was telling you, like some of them had never even touched the chainsaw and they're firefighters, you know, like you would think a forestry division firefighter out there would have chainsaw knowledge, you know, but yeah. it's yeah. not, you know, like it's kind of crazy, like seeing this stuff, you know, and like that, that was kind of cool, you know, getting to teach them some of that stuff and like doing the hands-on thing, you know, I was getting them. Um, so one day it was kind of like just me showcasing like what it is. Cause it, obviously they've never seen any type of rigging before either. So I was just showing them like just basic kind of just rigging systems and with pulleys and the X-rings and then just like doing redirects, obviously when rigging. And I got to remove this crazy looking eucalyptus that kind of just grew like over a cliff. Um, and just rigging that. And then, letting them get used to like running a portal wrap and like just learning. And then like the feedback I got from them was pretty cool. You know, that like they obviously they'd never seen any of that stuff before, or maybe they had seen it online, but they didn't really know how it works. And then for them seeing it in person, was kind of like mind opening to them. And even the firefighters, you know, they're like, we got to step our game up. Like there's no way, like we've been doing, we've been getting away with like just doing it the way we done when like, there's like, all this stuff that we could possibly even utilize, you know? Oh yeah. Well, you know, you know how it goes when you're teaching somebody something, it's almost, you know, just once they see a new concept, then they can start building off of it. You know what I mean? Like, so if, if you've never seen a silky and you've always just seen a machete, then that's just normal to you. Yeah. That's just how it's done. Mm -hmm. You know, there's, that's just, that's just how life is. And then all of a sudden you see the silky and all of a sudden you have a, a whole new concept about what's possible. And, that's really awesome to to introduce that. One of the things that you you touched on a little bit about was uh, the language barrier. I wonder how much uh, more difficult it is for them to find training material. I know Tree Stuff does some of their uh, videos; they dub it in Spanish. But you know, like we have a whole industry of English speaking training materials and websites to sell gear and to teach people how to use that. I, you know, I I can't imagine they have as much of access to that or maybe they do i mean i'm just ignorant to what they got down there well honestly they don't they don't have anything like that's that's what that was one of the reasons that like they they started this project which is called la i'm gonna say the name in spanish it's called la escuela del arborista which is like the school of the arborist it literally translates to that in english okay and um that like that was one of the reasons too because i think colombia doesn't have like their own standards and they're trying to, they're trying to develop like their own standards as well. You know, right now they're a lot of their, they base a lot of their, um, their protocols and stuff like off of ANSI are our own standards and out of like the European standards and stuff like that. So they they just kind of like go into our standards and then just kind of like just, just build off of that. But they want to make it to where like they, they have their own country recognized standards and. And it's kind of cool, like helping out with that. Yeah, that, definitely. That's it, really it, cool. And it's like, like I told you, that they really don't have anything. And it's just like, like I said, you know, it's it's hard to get stuff out there. And and if they do have it out there, it's really expensive that it deters them from buying it because, like, obviously, like for them, money isn't like so easy to come by that like they have to like you know spend their money with like to survive you know oh so it's totally. like sometimes it's really it's really hard for them to get to get this 
these materials and and like that was like another cool thing about like me going down there and like me having like I guess like a little bit of influence like I I got um Clogger actually I didn't even tell him uh, Clogger actually offered to give me some um some chaps for the trainings I ended up taking some chaps and then just leaving them down there just because like they don't they'd never even like they have chaps down there I guess like um the material that they make them out of the chaps that are just so heavy so when I I gave them some of the Clogger Zero chaps they were like oh my god yeah the wow. firefighters like these are so light like I, I didn't even know these things existed and obviously like for them they're like how much are these and then you tell them the price I'm like oh my god you know <laughs> yeah. but, <laughs> but yeah. uh but it's kind of cool, you know, just like showing them like just stuff that is out there, you know. And obviously, like through the school, the the school of Zarbris, like I told you, they they have like a uh, another division that where like they they want to be able to supply the gear out there just because like they there isn't a market for it out there, you know. Like nobody, it's so expensive to import stuff out there that like nobody really get stuff really if like the way that some of these people get gear sent down there to them it's like if a relative lives in the u.s and they're traveling down there or, or, or if they live in australia or in europe then they take the stuff to them out there because like they get heavily taxed like on imports and stuff like that so it's kind of crazy you know like just trying to build kind of stuff up from like from the ground up you know just kind yeah. of crazy seeing like how, how that stuff goes but well, when they're doing it uh my partners are actually going to costa rica to do a training in, in like two weeks i believe like may unknown june 5th through the 10th or something like that oh nice where's he so going it's like san jose actually oh, yeah. okay yeah yeah that makes sense you know that, that's the, yeah they're going the to san city. jose nice nice yeah the uh you know, kind of getting back to the gear, the other thought that I had is if, if you haven't had training on gear, you know, if you, if you didn't know how a piece of equipment worked and then you saw the yeah. price, you're, you're definitely not buying it and learning how to use it then. <laughs> but you know, if, if yeah. you get, if you That's get true. trained and you understand the benefit of having it, then it might be something like, Hey, let's budget for this. You know, if you're the fire department, it's like, all right, we know this is out there. We know how to use it. So we'll budget for it and make it happen. You know, which is a yeah. whole, like, so I think kind of the first, the first wave of kind of getting that knowledge there and getting that equipment there is getting that training there and kind of opening their yeah. eyes to like, these are the techniques you can use. This is the stuff we got here. That That's really mm -hmm. cool. Yeah. Like that, that's the thing, you know, just opening up their, their mind to something new. And like I said, you know, they're, they're obviously going to to supply the, the gear as well as like best as it can you know like have it accessible for them down there too and yeah. and i'm with you on that you know it's just like at first they might deter just because of the price but like um i think i put a couple of guys like we put them on some um srs systems and they were just like holy crap you know like <laughs> yeah. they were looking they were looking at me they were looking at me to send up the tree you know just like just walking up the rope they were like oh Spider-Man, you know, like, <laughs> like going going up so fast off the rope, you know, like they don't, they've never really seen that before, you know. It's just like, wow. Yeah, you climb that tree like a fireman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically, so it's like they didn't, you, there's no access to spikes out there, like the spurs or anything like that, you know. It's just like they, wow. a lot of, a lot of them hadn't even seen a pair of spurs before either, you know. Yeah. You know, you could do that, you know, for like better positioning. So I'm just like, 
it's mind-boggling even to me because I'm like, how are they removing these trees? They don't have no furs. Like, what is what are they doing? <laughs> like, I was just like, it makes me think. It was like maybe they're doing it like that guy that does the palms, you know, like just hugging yeah, the tree around, yeah, you know, yeah. like with their legs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. just nuts. It's kind of crazy, you know. Like yeah. it's it's insane, you know. But I'm I'm glad I'm part of this like little project, and 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 it's just not just in Colombia. Like I could get sent anywhere, and I do trainings here as well. And uh, in the U.S., I actually work for a for a company out of Oregon called Crux. Crux, oh, dude! Uh, yeah, yeah. Rigging, rigging, and training. Yeah, so I work for them, and like I, I do well because of COVID. You know, we really haven't done anything. You know, COVID kind of put a a huge like stop into the like, um, everything that we were doing. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, everything basically. Yeah. yeah. So, it. but but more more specifically, like trainings and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, but like um, but yeah, I mean, I've been I've been to Portland and did a couple trainings out there, some classes with me happened, stuff like that. Um, nice. but, and I've done, I've done some stuff for, for trucks out here too. Like, if, I mean, basically like state people just contract us and then I'll get sent out, but it's pretty cool, you know? And like, I, I get to do Spanish stuff for them too here, you know, cause even here, you know, like, it's not just in that in America, it's here, here as well. You know, people, people really do need the, the training in Spanish just because it's not, it's not common, you know, for us, it's common getting training. It's like, Oh, there's a training event here, but obviously it's in, it's in our, our native language and but for for spanish you know they're hard to come by you know like and yeah and i feel like i feel like that that's kind of got to change you know and i'm trying to do my part in it you know i've noticed sorry go ahead i just i was saying that the tree stuff has been putting out a lot of spanish language webinars and trainings and they have a whole section on their website yeah and yeah, yeah, that's, that's really cool, you know, like, just yeah, seeing, seeing that, see. that, like, that, that move, movement forward to mm-hmm. getting the proper training or just even information, you know, out there in Spanish. Yeah, uh, I'm people, curious, you know, like, it's just, it's like, I'm curious how yeah, much, how much, uh, Spanish speaking, uh, training do you see down in LA with like a large Spanish speaking population? Um, down down here in LA, it's a little bit more common just because yeah. there's there's a there's a couple couple people out here that do trainings and and I, I've even gone down to help out friends like in San Diego and stuff mm-hmm. and and do some trainings and obviously here in here in LA like we are the Western chapter the W uh, Western chapter ISA they do they do a big part of like doing a bunch of stuff in Spanish as well. Um, before COVID, you know, hit and all this other stuff, we were doing a lot of uh, um, the tree worker certifications in Spanish for a lot of people. And it, I mean, it's a great turnaround here in cool. here in uh, in California, you know. But like, obviously, like, I mean, That's... I want to say like, you know, like here in California or Nevada and Arizona, like, you know, like the the Spanish speaking community is like very dominant, at least in tree work. So for for people out here in California, it's more re- readily available because Whereas, there's a like, demand for it, right? Yeah. yeah, and just because like there's like a lot more people are Spanish speaking down here, yeah. Than I want to say like North Carolina or something, you know, like or Tennessee where I'm from, which is kind of crazy, you know. Like I, I, I doubt there's ever been a Spanish speaking like training class <laughs> in Tennessee, you know. Like this, I mean, I could be wrong, but I got I've never heard of one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or in like but, North Dakota. So it's like, 
Yeah, or North Dakota. I don't even. I don't even know if they're Hispanic in North Dakota. I'm sure. I've never. I've never been out there, so I can't. I can't confirm. Yeah, yeah. You know, one one thing I'm thinking we've. You know, we on these podcasts we talk about all these different rigging and climbing techniques and whatnot. And one of the bits of feedback is people have asked us if we could make videos, kind of showing what we've talked about. Um, yeah. It'd be really cool, and we'd need someone that spoke Spanish, you know, but to make some of those videos with somebody that speaks Spanish so that we could get those ideas out to, you know, to anybody who wanted them, whether they, you know, whether English was their first language or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we need to I mean, we, recruit somebody like you to help us with that, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I, I'd be down, you know, I'm kind of like, I'm always down, especially if it's like, stuff that's promoting you know like like learning for for spanish speaking you know and another thing that's kind of hard when it comes to like instructional stuff is just like the nomenclature of like the knots and stuff like that obviously the knots change or the names yeah. of the knots change you can't you can't like it's kind of weird like let's say if you want to like clovis like that's to us it's like normal like, yeah it's a clovis right but like try to name that to someone in spanish and it has a name you know like i you guys are probably not gonna be able to pronounce this, but like the name for a clovis in Spanish is Ballestrinque, you know? So it's like, you're gonna be like, what the heck, you know? <laughs> and and people out here, you know, like they don't, they just kind of like, yeah, that knot, you know, you taught me that knot, what's the name of it? And they just kind of make up names for it, you know? And like, that's another, that's another hard part, like trying to like get them to learn like proper, proper names that way, like you have like a good reference, you know, to go back on, like, like a a running bowling or a bowling just uh in in general the name for a bowling in spanish is as the guia which would be like as is like i think it literal translation is like ace you know uh-huh. and then like and guia is a guide so it's like it's kind of weird you know like how the names change you know it's, it's like yeah yeah so like the name for a carabiner in spanish is it's a mosqueton and and most people out here that they will just say carabina, like they they literally just change the name for carabiner and add an A to it, and it's like, oh, it's, give me like give me the carabina, like give me the carabiner, and it's just like. <laughs> but but in Spanish, a carabina is a gun, you know, like it's, a, oh. it's like a big rifle. So oh. I'm like, that, 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 that's what that's where like that's where the the like I'm saying like some of the terms you know can get confusing because I'm like people will look at you like what like he just asked me to send him a gun you know it's like that's all like that's kind of like so funny that's kind of like i got like 17 guns on my saddle (laughs) (laughs) yeah you know so it's like so it's kind of crazy you know trying to trying to figure that out and trying to instill that that kind of culture into into the spanish-speaking community because like most of the time they're just go based off of like what that someone told them that the name of that object was or or that not you know so it's like it's kind of hard like thinking of these things and like, like these videos, you know, like it'll, I think it, it's a great idea, you know, that way they know, like they have a good reference as to what the names are. And then you, you can look them up better. Cause sometimes they might, I don't know, they might go online and want to look up something, but they don't know what, what it's called, you know, like, especially in Spanish. And, but some of these knots, like, obviously, you know, like just with everything, a lot of the, a lot of the knots that we use came from, you know, rock climbing and stuff and caving. So like, a lot of these knots have been around forever, even in Spanish, and they've always had their name. But, you know, it, a lot of these things don't really get translated for tree work. 
So yeah. Right. So I, you're saying when it, you it'd be a good great great idea for that. Yeah, go ahead. When you teach the knots, you're teaching this is a clove hitch, not uh that word I can't pronounce. Is is that what you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So you say this yeah. clove hitch bowline. Well, I, I tell them the names. I tell them the names in English, you uh-huh. know, because sometimes, you know, like, it's in their head. They might not know it, but, like, subconsciously, they're like, oh, yeah, close it. So it's like, but then try to teach them the name in Spanish so that they have a good reference. Okay. Like, you know, like, um, like uh, a cow hitch, you know, like, that one was a new one to me because I just recently learned it because I'm like, God, like, even it did. It's even a learning curve for me because, like, I have to learn some of these names in Spanish as well. Uh-huh. And yeah. like, I didn't, I didn't even know what, I didn't even know what the name for a for a cow hitch was in Spanish. And I, I guess they call it a a cowboy cowboy's hitch. It's the literal translation for it. Okay. But obviously, like, you know, like if if we're to try and uh, write that in English, you know, we're probably gonna ca- get a cowboy bowling, which is you know like how the tail the the tail is on the outside of the bowling. You know, so it's like. It's kind of hard trying to get these names, you know, like translated properly. But yeah, I try to teach them the name or at least tell them the name of, of the knot in English and then tell them like the proper name for the, for it in Spanish, you know, and it's, it's kind of weird, you know, and, and hard sometimes to do to, to try to get them to, to get the proper, proper name for it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it seems like it'd be, uh, getting some of those trainings in Spanish, I think could go a long way at, what was making me think about it is a lot of our conversations about people talking about their own evolution in tree work is in, before the internet, a lot of people, you, you get your information from like a new guy would get hired on at the company. And so they would share their tricks and, you know, so it'd be these little bursts of, you know, limited knowledge. And then all of a sudden the internet yeah. comes and it's all these training videos hit. And so now, you know, if you're into it, you just YouTube, whatever you want, get on Instagram, find out all these tricks. And if there is some way you, you you know, we could get, you know, some content that people down in Columbia could kind of understand. And, you know, maybe that would help open some eyes to different ways of doing it down there. Cause I, I mean, that's the, you know, information is one of the amazing things about our time is information has become so cheap. I mean, you know, you can, you can just give that, anywhere in the world you can give someone a message you know it uh yeah literally like in a matter of seconds and it's just so readily available like you can just pass on like information and it's like in a matter of seconds it's out there in, in the yeah. world you know basically anywhere yeah anyone can download it you know it's just like, like but you have to know and, what you're looking for right yeah, yeah. i guess you gotta yeah, know exactly, how to you gotta you know? know what a bullet is or what a yeah. clove hitch is to be able to yeah. search for it yeah <laughs> yeah yeah like yeah. that that's cool. And like, I mean, the ISA has done a really good job in TCIA as well, like at translating a bunch of stuff, you know, like we have the, the, the ANSI standards are translated into, into Spanish. There's a Spanish version, obviously like, a, like the tree climbers guidebook is in Spanish. Um, I'm sure the Arborist is. And, yeah. For the yeah. art, the ISA certified Arborist book is all in Spanish. So like they're, they, they're doing a great job at, at translating some of their books and it's kind of cool, you know, like, cause they offer some insight into, into knots and stuff like that, you know, as well in there. But obviously not a lot of people are buying the book. Yeah. So well, like everyone, another, another, yeah, people are go ahead. 
different learners too you know personally yeah. i yeah, feel yeah. like having a uh, in-person hands-on i show you mm-hmm. i make you do it kind of training yeah. is the way that i learn best and some i'm sure some folks are also operating that way you know yeah yeah like and the, reading yeah, I'm, words I'm sure they are. And, and looking at images sometimes doesn't really do all that much but yeah, it doesn't translate that well sometimes. Yeah. But like that—that's a cool thing about like Instagram, and like that's kind of one of the the ideas behind the this project that I'm on with Latin America thing, the Escuela de Algorita, is that like we upload uh, videos onto the Instagram page from like from time to time, like instructional videos on like how to tie a knot, uh, and obviously like I'm I'm narrating in Spanish and and telling them the name and like what I'm doing. And it's just like, kind of like for that, for those purposes, you know, cause some people are visual learners, you know, and it's, it's kind of cool, you know, like adding on to that or me being considered to be added on, you know, to that project. Cause like, I, I don't know. I like to think of myself as a humble guy, you know, I'm like, I don't think of myself as like, Oh yeah, I'm Ricardo Vasquez and blah, 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 you know? But it's kind of cool that like people view me in that way, and they're like, "Oh, they think that I'm worthy enough to to pass on some some For knowledge." Sure. You know, yeah. it's just, like it's just, it's kind of cool, you know, seeing it. Obviously, like I'm not gonna lie, you know, it does it does feel good, you know. But like that's not why I'm in it, you know. I'm not in it because like I want I want to be recognized, you know. Like I, I don't even care. I I'm in it because like I almost suffered a near death accident, you know. It's like yeah, I don't yeah. want anybody else to go through that, you know. So it's like yeah. that's that's the real reason behind it, you know, like a lot of these things that I do, I'm, I'm volunteering my time. I'm not even getting paid for this stuff, you know, like yep. I'm, I'm paying like for my luggage, you know, and like I'm lunging around a bunch of gear and I'm like leaving it out there with them, you know, like it's like out of my own pocket, you know, like it's mm-hmm. like just because I got the love for it and just trying to, trying to teach people these things, you know? Oh yeah. That's so great. Uh, it's one of those things when whenever I teach trainings, I feel so fortunate because someone took the time to teach it to me. You know, I mean, I I didn't make this stuff up. This is something that somebody taught me. So when I whenever I get the opportunity to share that knowledge with somebody else, it just feels it you know, it's one of those bigger picture things. You know, like I'm yeah, I'm true. bigger I'm part of a bigger uh, you know, idea of what sharing, you know, bettering the industry and keeping the knowledge going cuz that's what, you know, industries can go up or can go down you know there's lots of industries that have fallen off and over time and you know it it takes uh individuals willing to keep the knowledge alive and share it and teach it and that's what keeps an industry progressing in the right direction yeah and and now that now that you touch on on that sub on that subject um a lot uh, like it's kind of hard sometimes trying to get trying to get that message across that you just said onto the Latin American or just the Spanish speaking community period. Cause like a lot, there's a lot of like arrogance, you know, involved here and there, you know, it's like, it's, it's kind of yeah. hard. Like a lot of, a lot of, a lot of the Matista type of type of attitudes in, in a lot of these things. Cause like some of these guys that like have probably been doing this type of work or, or just tree work in general, probably longer than I have. And now, now here's like a 30 year old coming in trying to teach a 50 year old, or a 40 year old like oh this is how you should be doing it and you know like sometimes it 
they they kind of take that wrong or, or they might just be on the defensive because like how the hell is a younger guy going to be teaching me yeah and then yeah. that's another oh, yeah. that that's another that's another barrier that like that like i have faced before you know like where it's just like they're it's i don't know like i want to say like they want to learn the things but they just like feel like they're losing their little man card or something because like a, yeah. a younger kid is like teaching them, you know, it's, it's like, it's kind of, it's kind of crazy to try to navigate around that as well. But, um, Oh yeah. It has, gotten a, a, it has gotten a lot better. Yeah. yeah. It's, 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 it's kind of crazy, you know, like, in their ways and are just so, used yeah. And to... it's like, well, this is how I've done it and this is mm-hmm. how I'm going to do it. And it's just like, yeah, exactly. You know, it's kind this, of hard. this yeah. works. Why would I, I? Why would I get that gear to do a simple job or whatever? Like I hear that all the time, and it's like, well, oh, this will make I've the job it, I, easier. Yeah. It'll make you be able to do this job longer. You know? Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's a lot of benefits safer. to doing this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Keep on cruising I, I mean, that I've way if you it. want. I've yeah. I've gotten it before. You know, like I've I've gone out to like, or like I've worked with crews where like. I don't need all that shit on your harness. Like, why do you, why do you need, sorry for cursing it, but I was like, why do you need all that crap in your harness? And I'm like, well, I mean, if I have it on my harness, it's because it serves the purpose and I'm going to use it, you know, yeah. at some point it might not use it today or, or maybe not right now, but at, at some point and while I'm in the tree, I might use it. So like, that's why I have, it. you know, it's better to have it than to not. And it's yeah. like, well, I don't need any of that. All I just need is my rope, my harness and my spurs. And I'm like, well, you know, you're injuring the tree. And then it's kind of, kind of hard you know try to try to teach them that that kind of thing you're like they just think that like nothing really happens to the trees and stuff like that yeah, yeah. so ricardo you got your ctsp right yeah i do yeah. so i i started that process i got the materials and part of that booklet mm-hmm. was like how to explain things to like different generations like you seriously would, right is is this in the book like well, like this would be well, ba- to, how to explain this to a millennial versus like you know an older generation kind of thing. yeah because people perceive well, things differently yeah basically like i you know like when i didn't know what to expect when i when i got to the ctsp program like when when i got enrolled into it into it i didn't know what it was about right but once i started reading the book and and then i i got on the classes um i i was just like holy crap this is basically uh, they're trying to teach you how to teach adults, basically. That, that that's what it is, basically. Mm-hmm. CTSP certification is just like they want you to learn how to transfer that information onto an adult because an adult doesn't learn the same way as a kid does. You know, like you have to approach it differently. You know, like kind of like how um, Jamie's your name, yeah, Jamie. Yeah. Um, um how she said, you know, she's a visual learner, like more like a hands-on, you know, like a lot of people are that way out in the field, you know, like they're going to learn that better than getting sent out to a seminar where they're just going to be sitting there. Like, I don't want to learn any of this crap. I don't, how am I going to use this? You know, like, so it's, that's what the CTSP program, that's what I got out of it. You know, like, it was just like, it helped me, especially, it served me a lot because like, obviously I'm a trainer and like, it helped me understand how to approach different people and obviously you you only can learn that when you're there training you can gauge or just i guess read the person you know and then that way you'll know how how you can teach a person but yeah it's basically like what andrew said you know it's just like how can you teach an older person versus a younger person and it's it's 
kind of cool, you know. It's like it was a hard cast, you know, and then it's like a a, a different type of class, you know, because we're all used to like just the tree work types of classes, and then you got the CTSB, and I'm like, oh crap, like this is more like behavioral stuff, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> communication. Well, and so, and then mm-hmm. when you're talking about cross culture. <laughs> then that's an, another level on top of it. Because within their culture, their millennials going to look at it different than their old timer. Right. And then there's a whole cultural yeah. aspect. You know, like yeah. in Costa Rica, I remember, and this is just hanging out at a bar. This isn't, you know, like trying to teach somebody anything. But people would come yeah. come at you so aggressive that you almost had to like puff up like you were going to fight just to earn their respect for them to open up to be a friend. You know, to be like willing no. to play pool with you, or you know, play foosball or whatever the game at the bar was, you know. And I Dude, remember being yeah. like, it was a total trip. Like, man, I thought we were gonna fight, and now, now we're best <laughs> friends. This is crazy, you know. No, dude, that's that that's a real thing, and that's yeah. like almost almost anywhere in Latin America. Honestly, like as soon as you step into Mexico, it's the same thing, you know. Like, it's kind of crazy, you know. Like just like me growing up in Nashville. I didn't really have to deal with any of that. But, like, once I started getting out and stuff like that, it was kind of crazy, like, having to experience that. And I'm like, holy shit. Like, I I, I didn't grow up without a dad. I mean, I didn't grow up with a dad. Like, my dad died when I was five. So I didn't really get to learn that, you know? So it's, like, getting out to the world and experiencing these things. I was kind of like you. I was like, damn, does this dude want to fight? Like, what what the hell is going on, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. But, but, but they do. That's just kind of, like, I don't know. It, it just might have to do with, like, like the way that they, they grow up, they they maybe like they're they're bad or something like that. Was just being aggressive, but like that's just how the culture out there is. Like just in Latin America, they just yeah kind of come out, you know, <laughs> like that. And it's just like I think they kinda, they didn't want they didn't want to do like they didn't want to give waste their time on anybody that was like weak is what I th- is the feeling I got because uh, yeah that's that's the gist of it. Yeah, in Costa Rica, I was in Tamarindo and I was just doing the total surf bum thing. You were yeah. there for a while, right? Yeah, yeah, for like, so if if you were in Tamar, you know, Tamarindo's changed a lot since I've been there, so who knows what it's like now, but back then, if you were there for a week or two, everybody was your best friend, but as soon as, yeah. you know, because you're just a tourist, and they, you know, that they're like, oh, trying to sell you stuff and whatnot, but as soon as they started yeah. seeing your face there over and over again, and it was kind of like, oh, this gringo's not leaving, we're going to, you know, yeah. we're going to kind of test this guy a little bit. And so, yeah, we'll see if he has, yeah. he has what it takes to be will, a local. <laughs> yeah, and they they would just straight be like, you got to get the hell out of here, man. This isn't, you know, like this ain't your home is pretty much what they're saying. And there was yeah. there was other kids that, you know, were kind of the same thing, just like these kids from uh, America that were down there surf bumming in Amarindo. And they would get beat up because they would get all scared and they'd cower down. And then, uh, yeah. you know, people would, we, they'd be in the bar and people would just stomp on their feet and pour beers on them and they wouldn't do anything about it. And as soon as anybody puffed up at me, I'd be like, man, I don't want to fight, but if it's go time, I'm not going to let you punk me in front of everybody here, you know, is kind of <laughs> yeah, what yeah, I'd yeah. do. And, and all of a sudden it'd be like, sweet, dude, that's all I wanted to hear. You know, it's like, yeah. then it's like, okay, and we're not- buddies and let's share some beers. Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's, it, that's, that's basically the gist of it. And like a lot of that transfers over when it comes to work and, and try to teach people, you know, like they they don't, they're very apprehensive at times, you know, I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah. Or they have, or they have their idea of how it should be done. And they'll try to argue their case and stuff like that. You know, it's like depending on the person, 
it might just be best to let it go or yeah. if you see that or if you see that like you know like they might turn around then that's absolutely and applicable it, here as well yeah, yeah i was about to say that. that's yeah. every you know some people are just so stuck in their ways there's nothing you can do and then there's any, there's people any, that want to learn you know any training i've been in yeah. there's been like you know like one or two cowboys who were just like, Meh. yeah. yeah. <laughs> Why wouldn't you just spur up the tree? Or like, drop it, whatever. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Like I've I've come a couple a uh, couple guys like that before. Like I'll, I'll be up in the tree, like just spurring my way up before you get up there, and I'm just like, yeah. All right, man. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> like, good you know? job. Yeah, have fun yeah. looking like a jackass half your way up there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll be three seconds behind you being a good boy. Yeah. 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 And then yeah. touching on the, the subject of Columbia, um yes. when I was out there when I was out there uh, just a couple of weeks ago, I got invited onto this project that like you guys are probably gonna think that this is pretty cool, but um uh I mean I think it's really cool as well. But I got invited onto this project that um Two of the well, one of one of my partners down there that does the training for the the project that I'm on. He, I think he works with uh, one of the one of the government offices out there that they're basically just focusing on like preservation and stuff in Colombia. And he invited me to go work on uh, or just to go teach this native tribe out there in in closer to the Pacific. And they started teaching them how to like preserve their own trees. And so like that they're teaching them like how, like basically like self-sufficiency and like how to preserve their giant trees. Whoa. So like they taught them how to get their, their like little nursery, start their own little nursery. And, but these guys have been like, they're climbing like freaking 200 feet trees. I've like, got like just free climbing up out there and collecting seeds and stuff like that. So my friend invited me, he's like, Hey, like, I want to invite you down to this project. He's like, I want to see if we can get like some people behind it and like donate a little bit of gear and like, we'll take it down there and teach these native people how to use the gear. And that way they, so they can collect the seeds safely and not risk their lives, you know, trying to preserve their giant trees. And I, obviously I was like, heck yeah, dude, I'm, I'm on, yeah, I'm on board. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet. I, I'm on board. Like I'm down. So I think I'm going to go back down there and, like late August, I think that's when they do their their collection of their seeds for the, these trees that they have out there. Nice. And I'm gonna be taking obviously like I I hit up Yale, I hit uh Adam Moser up uh at, over at Yale and asked I was like, hey, like I got this thing going on, like uh like would you be down and donate some gear? He's like, yeah, dude, I'm down to send some gear. And obviously, like it's a cool project, you know, like. Uh, it's, there's nothing to gain from it, you know, but everything to give, you know? So it's like, I'm, I'm on board. And I, I was like, my friend is like, we can go at any time that you want, or we can go in August or September and help them collect the seeds. I was like, I want to help them collect the seeds and like teach them how to do it. And like safely. And obviously like, uh, it's going to be a really cool project. I guess they're making a documentary out of it as well. No kidding. Like, um, they should. Yeah. <laughs> so cool, man. Yeah. I'm ready. When, yeah, when's but, it coming out? I want to uh, see this documentary. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, as soon as we get out there and start filming, and I guess, you know, they got oh, to cool. pass on, wow. on, on, on how long it'll take them, the production team to do it. But it, I think it's a cool little thing that, like, that's happening down there, you know, with the local tribes there in, in Colombia and just teaching them. 
like yeah, tree preservation. Practices. That's because, so cool. Yeah, tree preservation. Yeah, because like they obviously you know like they have their forests out there, and and you know how well connected at least some of these native uh, people are to their to nature, yeah, you know, absolutely. especially to their to their native lands, you know. So it's it's really cool trying to help them out and and supply them with the uh, with the proper gear and like the proper practices you know to accessing the, these giants you know because that wow. you know they want to preserve for for many years to come and i thought i thought it was pretty cool and i was like oh i was like when when they when they invited me i was like oh dude, this will be a cool little talk for the for the podcast i'm like they're they're, they're gonna love it and then yeah oh, I, mean, I love it <laughs> yeah i love it i was like as soon as he told me he's like hey you want to you we just want to ask you if you want to come on board. I was like, heck yeah, dude, sign me up. Nice. <laughs> nice. Is it yeah, Canopy so it's, Watch? It's pretty cool. With Dave Anderson? Is that, no, is that, no. No, 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 David. David's like, it does a different thing, but he does it with, uh, I guess, like the scientists on there, biologists, you okay, know, like yeah. they're, they're just like graduating. And, uh, and, but it's basically like kind of the same thing you know they're teaching them but but obviously uh david's doing it with uh with the students that are like graduating um and teaching them like how to study basically like up in the trees and then they they so that they learn how to do it safely you know like they're yeah. not doing sketchy to get up into the into these the crowns of these trees or into the canopy all itself in the forest you know and that's pretty cool what David's got going on down there, and I think they're doing something out there in uh, July, I believe. Okay. I think they got awesome. some. I think they. I think David's got something going on there in July. The training, I forgot, but obviously, I don't. I mean, I don't know because I'm not. I'm not part of that project, so I don't know what's going on. But uh, I don't know if you guys know anything about it. But Colombia is kind of like, like, going through some things right now with their government. <laughs> so there's like there's a lot of protests out there and stuff like that. So like a lot of. A lot of roads, a lot of cities are like you can't drive into and you can't get to just because roads are closed and just because of the protests and stuff like that. So it was that was kind of one of the things where like we almost ended up canceling our our thing or like we were thinking about it because like we didn't know if people were going to be able to attend and stuff like that. Just because of the fact that like there's like protests going on because they're not they're really unhappy with their government, you know. So it's like I don't know what's going. Yeah, I feel ignorant for not knowing that that's going on, but maybe I'm just not just not seeing it because you know you don't see everything that's going on. Yeah, I yeah. Well, obviously here in the U.S., you know they, they don't really. Yeah, show you're not going to show that. Stuff, yeah, you know? yeah. I follow. And I know. I know a lot of it because, like, sorry for cutting you off, but I know no, no, a lot no. of it because of my friends that that live down there. You know, yeah. that's that. I know what's going on, and I'm up to par with with the the current. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I stuff that's going on down there. I was gonna say, yeah, I follow the uh, Instagram page. I think it's, I want to say it's called Popular Front or something. Where they, oh, yeah, they show like crazy things that happen all over the world, you know. And yeah, uh, I I seem to remember that seeing one like some footage from a riot in Colombia on that. But you, the thing, I mean, it's good to stay up on like that page because it shows you what's going on, but you kind of get it almost normalizes it because you see something else on a regular basis 
to the point where, yeah. you, you know, it's kind of, you don't really tune into really what's happened and you're like, Oh, there's some more crazy going on there. Oh, there's some crazy going, you know, and it, yeah. it kind of defeats yeah. the purpose of actually understanding why people are rioting where they're rioting, you know? Yeah. So like right now, like the reason that they're rioting or not, they're not even rioting. Dude. They're protesting. They're a lot of the, a lot of the protests they're doing is, is peaceful protests, but obviously you you might have some you know bad bad apples in the batch and right. they oh. kind of ruin it for everybody. Yeah, trust so, me, um, up up here in Oregon, <laughs> we understand how the, yeah. these things go. You know? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, well, I just saw it in the news. You know, like uh, like it just recently had some issues going on there a couple of days ago. But uh, but yeah, it's basically the same thing down there. But um, the reason that they're protesting you just just to get you up to speed with those things um i think their their local government tried to introduce like a, a bill that would impose more taxes on the middle class and and the lower classes basically they'd have to pay taxes on basically more stuff when they already have like a failing economy and it's yeah. like mm. they 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 depend on the dollar a lot like on the amount of the dollar like they that's how they base their currency so like right. on on our dollars, the U.S. dollar, so like the inflation prices and all this other stuff is always based off of off of the American dollar, and then like them raising the prices on the middle and the lower classes kind of sucks. Like and that's why they're posting. It's like why the hell are you guys like putting a bill that's gonna raise our taxes like in the middle of a pandemic when like people don't even have jobs and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. And 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 that's that's why they're out there and like the government's response to that was to send out. Um, their riot police and their riot uh, police is just out there just killing people like not asking you know like ask questions later you know like they're just killing people and, oh, and now you yeah, got they got different rules you, down there yeah 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 so it's like and now you got I just saw I literally just saw a video like a couple hours ago where now you got armed citizens that are on the police side shooting at protesters with the police and it's just like Oh, what man. the fuck dude Whoa. it's just like it's it's crazy you know what's going on down there so it's like guys and i a lot of people were telling me like don't come down here and this and this and that you know but luckily for me everything in Bogota was which is the capital mm -hmm. was was really peaceful there were protests and i even like saw it for myself you know the protests but for the most part they were just civil they didn't get out of hand they were just you know just voicing their concerns and, and it was cool like that but they, there are some cities where where the cops are just completely being fucking dicks and just yeah overusing you know like overusing their power and and down there you can't fucking really no one's really going to hold them accountable you know no For sure no yeah and and that you know that it it's crazy how coverage of these things work, you know. Like I say, in Oregon, we've definitely had lots of protests up here. And, you know, you'll yeah. see a protest and, you know, you'll know that, it's, you know, because we live here and, we, you know, I know people that are at it, 99% of it's peaceful. And then they'll have, like, a violent interaction and that will blow up on the news and make it seem like the whole freaking thing was this violent thing. And it's like the protesters are not being violent protesters. But, you yeah. know. And so it, it it's crazy. And then you, oh, well, I was going to say, and then, you know, like with our conversation, you know, we're trying to talk about how do we up the game, the, you know, their arbor culture game, 
Meanwhile, they've got like a whole protest scene and they're fighting the government, you know, and it's like, meanwhile, they're, they're just, they're trying to survive, dude. They're trying not to get killed. Yeah, totally, totally. And so, man, like talk about, like, I can understand why they're, you know, this is on their back burner and they're printing with machetes because, you know, (laughs) they're not concerned about using a silky saw. They're concerned about like their life. And then. And then yeah. if they can stabilize that, then they're going to be worried about getting a good cha- a good saw. You know? well, <laughs> yes. Yes. Rate, you know, and I, like props to you. I for wish more people understood that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely. Yeah. It, it, it's that a crazy world we live way, in, you know, you know, for, yeah. for going there with that adversity in mind and, and still trying to send this message and make people. Yeah. Safer. And like, I think for us, you know, growing up in the U.S., you know, we're so desensitized to that. You know, like we don't, we're just yeah, always in our own little bubble. Like, oh, you know, like we're in the U.S., like we don't have to go through any of that shit, you know? Yeah. And it's like, I think, I think it would serve a lot of purpose if like more people got out and got to experience, you know, like life outside of the U.S. Yeah. And see how it really is. I think it would, it would definitely make, a lot of people open up their eyes, you know, and like had, mm-hmm. had to be like at least more grateful, you know, to live in the U.S. and just like, like, and understand why, why, like, to some people, like the U.S. is like the ultimate American dream, you know, because like <laughs> their situation back home is shitty as heck, you know. Yeah. Like it's it's kind of cool, you know, but like, and, and I applaud the people that are still there, you know, wanting to learn and wanting to to further arbor culture you know in their country and it, it, it's it's kind of cool all while it's like still having to like fight for their own rights you know because it's like it's, it's kind of crazy you know yeah i i i really admire them absolutely yeah there's so much value in uh kind of getting out of your own bubble and experiencing you know just a different way just understanding and you know what whenever i've done that the, the lesson that I always come away with is, man, we're all the same, you know, like we're all just people trying to survive and make our way. And we have different, yep. different influences on us that make us feel different. And, you know, even, you know, for the most part, I've, we've tried to be as little political as possible when we talk about this. Cause it, yeah. you know, we want to, we, we honestly want, like, we know there's tree guys that believe all different kinds of things. And we want this to be Obviously, a situation yeah. where, you know, everybody's just can forget about the crazy and just talk about what they love. But, you know, yep. like everybody, when, what it boils down to is we're all trying to like, we're all trying to take care of our families and work hard and yep. make a living, you know, and then it, it gets crazy, you know, when you hear about places, you know, like what's going on in Colombia where there's just people mowing each other down, you know? Yeah, basically, and you know, it, it's like, yeah, it just puts it in perspective, you know. It holy mm-hmm. smokes. We are we are really lucky to be where we're at, you know. We can all complain yeah. and whether you want to cl- complain <laughs> in one direction or another, yeah. But yeah. but the fact is, we have the right to complain and we're not going to get yeah. like shot at by our government, you know, for it. Yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> that's, like, that's the thing like here like, you know, like it it's rare, you know, if like if you go out to protest and they're shooting you, you know, like at least the police, you know, like yeah, it's kind of rare. But out there, it's it's a 
a common occurrence, at, at least, you know, like with, with the riot police in Columbia, you know, and like, obviously like, oh, I'm not, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to politicize this thing. I was just trying to tell you guys like the situation that was going on. Then, or oh, that's no, currently no, totally going on then there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm not offended we, we at all. Like like, yeah. You know, yeah, okay. like like we said before, take the conversation wherever you want to go with it. You know yeah. what I mean? We're not yeah. trying to run or hide from anything. It's just like I, I feel yeah. like this is what needs to be brought up. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah. So it's like I mean that's part of your that's, experience. That's just the current 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 state, you know, of like what yes, like my, my personal experience, you know, it's just like yeah. just seeing it down there. And it it even affected my um my one of one of my classes, like I remember one of the days that I was out there I had to cut it short just because they were like, oh, uh, they're, I guess, like, they announced, like, when, like, when they're going to start protesting. So, I think they announced it, like, a, a day before. They're like, oh, we're, it's a nationwide, um, like, halt on, on everything. So, at, at some point, like, I think it was, like, after, after noon time, like, they were going to start protesting. And so like you get road closures and stuff like that. So I think I remember one of those days that I was out there, I had to cut one of my, one of the, I think it was the chainsaw chainsaw class. We had to cut it short just because of the fact that like some of the people that were there attending the, the class, they drove from obviously other little towns and other little cities. And they were like, well, I got to go because if, I don't leave right now, then I won't ever make it home because they're going to close the road because of the protest and this and that. So it's, I'm talking about it because it was the thing that affected yeah, my classes yeah. as well. Yeah. You know? so like it's you're like, trying it, to, to teach a class and this thing that's yeah, happening Yeah, I'm trying to teach a class, but, you know, but, affecting but your it's affecting the, yeah. <laughs> affecting the students because they're, they're like, I got to get back to my family, you know, because like, you know, like, most of the guys were attending, you know, like we did have a couple of girls that attend the class, but most of the guys were just like, obviously the men of the house. So then their concern is their family back home, you know, like, yeah. well, if I don't make it home tonight, what the heck's going to happen to them? You know? So it's like, it was like basically that. So like, that's why I'm talking about it just because it's like, it's a, it's a thing that's affecting it. And, and obviously I brought up, uh, we, or we brought up as a collective, the uh, canopy watch thing with David Anderson. And, and I don't know, like if, they're still doing it and I hope they do it because you know, like the, the people down there really need it. They do need the training. Just, you know, like if it comes from me, if it comes from anybody else, they, they need it, you know, like, and it's always good to have it, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. We've, we've talked with a, a buddy of ours who's actually been on the show, Scott Altenhoff, who uh, is friends with David and he's, he's talked, on the board of canopy watch. Yeah, exactly. And so he's, he's talked with us about going down there and doing some uh, training with the scientists down there. And uh, yeah, I hope we can make that happen. Cause I mean, that just sounds like an amazing experience getting down there and uh, climbing in the jungles. One of, one of my, uh, one of my first like mind blowing tree experiences was down in Costa Rica there was a, uh, I, I went down there when I was in, uh, 16, uh, yeah. in the summer. And as part of a group that we, we all went down there and we're all hiking. We went to Monte Verde and we're hiking through the jungle. And I found an yeah. old strangle fig that had choked out the tree. And I mean, I, you know, I was, I was 16 or 17. So who knows what reality is, you know, but the way I remember yeah. it is it was probably like a thousand foot tall tree. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> like, cause I just yeah. like climbed up the inside of this, this strangle fig, you know, cause they, they choke out 
the strangle figs goes and just wraps around a, a giant tree in the jungle mm. kills it and then that yeah. tree dies and rots out so you have like this big hollow oh. tree that goes up and i remember thinking i must be like 200 feet up you know because i can't yeah. i climbed up the inside of it and i remember just coming out at the top when it opened up again and just being on yeah. the top of this like rainforest canopy and just like yeah it was like a freaking religious experience is like, wow. holy smokes. And there's like birds flying off and, you know, like people yelling at me, Andrew, get down here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. yeah. Just being like, <laughs> I, I climb trees now. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I, I'd love to go yeah, down no, there and work I, with a scientist now. Yeah. That, that's pretty cool. And like in the, the that's that's what's really cool about like the things like trying to teach people out there because like there's so much like biodiversity in these trees out there you know like it's not just a tree there's other living organisms like up there you know like yeah. you got epiphytes you know like bromeliads and all these other epiphytes that live up there you know it's just like it's it's kind of cool seeing it and then and, and and I'm I'm really happy that like David's got that that thing going the scientists you know try to try to get them better understanding on how to access you know the the, the canopies in the forest so that they can study it better and and help preserve them you know yeah that, that, that's pretty cool yeah yeah well you know on that note i think that's a, a pretty good place to wrap up unless there's anything else you want to uh tell us you know it's uh Man, to be able to go down and and uh, work with scientists and help them, you know, get knowledge and understand these ecosystems, man, what a treat! Or like, the natives, and yeah, teaching. or the natives. Or, I mean, or, that's or next or level. Natives, yeah. yeah, man, yeah. holy smokes! Yeah, that, yeah, or the natives. Yeah, um, I guess I got I like on a you know final thing. I it's more it's more on a more on the training side, um. I just got invited like literally two days ago to go help out with, uh, it's kind of like a, a training slash jamboree thing that's going to go on, on down in Guadalajara, Mexico. Uh, nice. So nice. recently there's been two fatalities in Mexico. Um, one guy died in a palm. I don't know the circumstances on how it happened, but it, the guy that did the uh, the rescue, or basically the recovery at that point, it was the recovery of the body, is a personal friend of mine. And then we had another guy that um, it was a incidental line clearance um, accident, and he ended up electrocuting himself, and then oh, obviously succumbed to his injuries in the hospital. Um, so. The local uh, Mexican ISA chapter is putting on an event that's kind of trying to make it fun for people, but also be it a learning experience. Yeah. And where it's like a jamboree, but you're also learning a bunch of uh, uh, aerial rescue techniques. And, and it's just, we're going to make it like a little like competition kind of thing, just for the people that down there. Yeah. And try to make it fun for them but obviously we're holding some classes before beforehand you know like teaching them a bunch of stuff like how to do like a spar rescue and all these other things you know like that like that it's really readily available for us out here you know to learn but 
not so much down there to them. And it's, it was after the fact that, like, it was kind of like just back-to-back, both of those fatalities, you know, like, within wow. a couple of weeks of each other. And it was just, like, it was kind of cool that the, that their local chapter for the ISA jumped on it from, for, like, trying to do something for them. And okay, maybe, like, uh, my friend, I don't know if you guys ever heard of him, but uh, his name is Noel Rodriguez. And oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, we, we know, a, we know a, Noel. Yeah. Yeah, he's out of the he's out of the PNW. He lives in out of Washington. So yeah, so he invited me down there to help like judge and stuff like that. And that that's pretty cool that like they're doing that for the for the people of Mexico. You know, like okay. them suffering those two fatalities. That you know, yeah, it's it's kind of hard. You know, and it's kind of hard on just on anyone. Period. So you could just imagine like the people that like down there they don't. Like, you know, like we spoke about it earlier, they don't really have the training or, or the resources for this type of thing. So these types of events are pretty cool. And I just wanted to mention it that, you know, like I'm going to head out, head out there in July. Uh, is it July? Yeah. Sweet. I think it's cool blending uh, training and like competition because me personally, I feel like I've learned the most out of like I've attended climbing courses and rigging courses and stuff but i've learned the most at a competition i think it's because i'm having fun yeah. and there's like the camaraderie everyone's oh, like yeah. oh check this out you should do it this way or yeah. this way try this like well i think when you're yeah. when you're having fun your mind is open in a different way yeah and i think it absorbs yeah, like that knowledge not, better you know that's so true. yeah you're not being subjective to anything at all like you're just you're just open to learning you know so yeah, like, yeah. that's pretty cool that's awesome and it was kind of kind of like I think you got you guys just released that the podcast with Jason uh, Dudek out of Wisconsin. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I remember Chris Coates and them doing uh, Naomi down there in Florida, and they set up a uh, an aerial rescue out of like a plane crash. So they set up a tree, or they set they set up a an actual airplane in the tree, and they <laughs> yeah. simulated they simulated aerial rescue out of a plane, you know. And then, what are the odds that like Jason got to do it for real? You that know, actually know. That, that, yeah. That, that, yeah, it actually happened. You know, yeah. so it's like you're like, it's yeah, kind of right. crazy. Like you know, a plane's like, gonna crash in a tree. Yeah, like well, a plane, that's what, dude. A plane. Dude. That's what Jason was telling us. Like all these competitors were saying, like, yeah, right. Like this is gonna happen. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, like out of nowhere, Jason got to do it. You know, so it's like it's it's kind of those things. You know, like you got to be open minded because yeah, shit, you know. You don't know anything about tree work. Like, <laughs> it's a I, weird world. I guess I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna contra- I'm gonna contradict a lot. I guess a lot of the training things that we do, you know, because like when you're doing the training, you gotta follow the rules and all these things, you know. But like trees are living organisms, and yeah. they're not rated, you know. Like we're yeah, we're yeah. climbing not rate non-rated living things, but we're we have all these fucking regulations. Guesses, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So it's like you know, like. You know, we always have to be ready and prepared for for anything. Honestly, when it comes to this industry, you know, so it's like I think I think that was pretty cool that they did that, and then I think it was fucking awesome that that Jason got to do that. And, I know, yeah. Oh, we're I'm I'm jealous. Take those people, you know, because <laughs> because nobody was hurt in in the process. I'm jealous that I didn't get yeah. to do it. You know, that you just feel like such a superhero yeah. pulling people out of a plane. Like it'll be all right. I'm here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So you know, we're trying to we're trying to create that type of atmosphere for, for the people in Mexico, you know, even though they're, mm-hmm. some of them might be mourning, you know, they're lost of their friend, right. but um, I think they're going to get a lot of, a, a lot out of it. And then shout out to, 
to Noel and shout out to um, yes the the Mexican Arborist Association well, out I, there for for setting this up and you know like that like I said you know like that's just kind of like just mention on my way out just mentioned that you know we're gonna be out there and you guys are probably gonna see a little bit of coverage yeah. of that from like my end you know like so covering that thing. And and what what better way to honor an arborist, you know, that uh, passed away, than put on a training that might help other people do the job safer, and you know, build some camaraderie and remember him and share some beers and you know, just just that seems like such a good way to do it. Um, uh, yeah, we we wrap these things up with final thoughts. Uh, do you have any final thoughts on the episode? Anything? Well, I guess you kind of gave your final thoughts there, um, unless there's <laughs> anything else you wanted to uh, throw out there. Well, I just, I just want to, um, I guess my final thoughts, if, you, if any of you people that are listening, if you guys have any coworkers, you know, that are Spanish speaking and like, I don't know, I would just want to, I, I would just want to say that, like, try to understand them better, you know, try to, try to see how you can help your partner even if he's just a ground worker you know just like try not hard on them i know like so, sometimes the language barrier sucks you know like but you know like they're they're out here because you know like they're they're trying to accomplish the same the same thing we're doing you know we're trying to survive trying to accomplish the american dream and they're they might have you don't know you don't know the story behind it you know so try try i guess i, I would say just be kind try to to be comprehensive and and understanding and if there's a language barrier you know don't 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 get mad at them try to try to understand or try to talk to them and approach them in in a in a different perspective i guess or with a different perspective just be uh, ask them you know like hey like how can i help you like how how could i how can we make this relationship better you know like how how can how can we make you grow you know it's like I guess those are my final thoughts, you know, like if you have a coworker that's Spanish speaking or just any, any type of language, you know, just try to, just try to understand that person better because you don't know what that person might be going through, you know, and it's just, I, I don't know. I want to touch a lot on that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. It's, uh, I'm a contract climber in the area and I, I, I saw that firsthand recently, the, the language barrier and this, this crew getting, getting frustrated with it and it ended up with with that guy uh leaving the job just quitting that day oh that is uh frustrating and sad to see yeah that <laughs> sucks really yeah. yeah and that that's the thing you know and it's like a, a lot a lot of it has to do with like um yeah I, i'm guilty of it sometimes you know like i'm just not being patient enough and yeah. even and it doesn't even have to do with like the language barrier sometimes like just we're just not patient or I guess like tree work, I guess um, it's just hard on the person period. Like even if you're a climber, if you're a ground worker, because like you're getting an added, like out of responsibility when you're at least, at least when you're in residential or just anything, you know, you're like, you have to mitigate risk and like you have to deal with all this other stuff. And then you have to deal with like maybe properly training, a greenhorn or anything like that, you know? So it's like, I don't know. I would just try to be more comprehensive and just more, more understanding of, um, the language barrier that exists sometimes with, with some of these, uh, 
yeah. ground workers, you know, they're, they're just there because they, they want to make a living just as much as we do. And, and the more understanding and the more, the more comprehension we can give them, I think it'll make like sort of a utopia between <laughs> ground workers and climbers and, and, and even, even climbers that are, that might have the language barrier, you know, it's like, it's, it's, I think the more the more that we try to understand our coworkers and and understand how we can better help each other, I think that that creates a better safe safety culture within our companies, within our work workspaces. You know, absolutely for sure. Well said. Well really said. Important. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Becca, what do you got for final thoughts? Oh well, the first thing that comes to mind is. Fuck palm trees. You guys can ask me anything about palm trees. I'm but so before glad you ask me we don't yeah. have to do that here. <laughs> I'm so glad. Some people do have palm trees, but... I've, They're yeah. like 10 feet tall. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've climbed palm trees twice uh, in my 22 years of doing yeah. tree work in Eugene. I've done it none <laughs> times. Honestly, like, yeah, this is... The devil's artichoke, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I've never heard that yeah, one that's before. Yeah. That one's good. Oh, that, yeah. one's, that one's good. <laughs> it's I, pretty you, you bad, but I, th- I, I did hear, I was, like, uh, nerdishly looking up statistics, and um, the most common result of death in our profession is climbers in palm trees. And it's because those fronds will just fall and smother people. And they'll, like, smush them or smother them. Or mm. It's just, they're really dangerous trees. And it's just a pole and they're spindly. And they're monocots, by the way. They're not even <laughs> yeah, they're not trees. A tree. They're actually a grass. Yeah, they're oh, <laughs> yeah. Thank yep. you, Ricardo. You're my best friend now. Yep. <laughs> they, are the, they are the tallest, tallest grass you will the ever tallest, find. The tallest, nastiest <laughs> worst whatever anyways yeah anyways but yes my final thoughts are are just a thought that i had many times before coming into this but um i'm with you i'm with you on that fuck palm trees i hate palm trees but i live i live in california so i i have i have to deal with them i too grew up around the palm trees um and don't i'm not fond of them but if I yeah. were to give my actual final thoughts, aside from the thoughts that I already had, which are, fuck palm trees, it would be, <laughs> um, I think communication is really important in general. Like, even with an entire English-speaking crew, sometimes I struggle with not having clear, loud, straightforward communication with some of the people that I work with sometimes. Mm-hmm. And it... It really makes it not as safe, not as fun, and not as efficient uh, as it could be. And so I think that, um, you know, the more, the less barriers that we have in terms of communication, the better that we are as arborists. Bottom line. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm inspired by the work that you do, Ricardo, and I uh, applaud you and... Keep it up. I appreciate that. Yeah. Nice. Thank you so much. All right, Jamie, what do you got? Uh, 
similar to what Becca said, like, uh, it's really cool the work you're doing and kind of bridging that, uh, that gap there, you know, bringing the, the knowledge and, you know, sh- showcasing the gear and just really making the, the industry safer as a whole. Um, it's pretty noble of you to be taking that on. Like you said, on your own dime, man, yeah. you're yeah. going down there and doing this stuff. That's so cool to hear. And, uh, yeah, just appreci- yeah. appreciate you. Yeah. Thank you, Jamie. Appreciate that. Thank you, Jamie. Thank you, Becca. Mm-hmm. For for my final thoughts, one, I want to echo what you guys are saying. You know, the the communication bit, big time, uh, and and what what you're saying, Jamie, about uh, yeah. Thank you for doing what you're doing, Ricardo. Going and you know doing these uh, trainings and on your own dime. That you know making making our industry better that that is commendable man so uh but for final thoughts i'd i'd like to kind of put it out there that like i was saying earlier what i get from traveling is you know it kind of opens up different parts of my mind and like uh, kind of different parts of my perspective when i see how different people live and uh i personally i feel like i've become a better person through traveling and through getting to know different cultures and you can kind of get some of that same stuff So from just knowing people that are from different cultures. So if you're on a crew with somebody that, you know, speaks Spanish or, you know, really from any other culture and, you know, mm-hmm. instead of getting frustrated, because like, like you're saying, man, what, what we do for a living, it will stress you mentally, emotionally, physically, and it's easy to, you know, through those stressors have a negative interaction or snap at somebody or have that frustration come up. But if you can get around that and instead get to know someone, you're probably going to become, you're going to learn something new and you're going to become a better person. So I encourage everybody to, to kind of take that approach and, and just fully get to know the people you work with. Cause after all the people you work with, you spend a third of your life with them, Yeah, you know? Yep. And so take that third of your life and make yourself a better person and, you know, help, help them out, help yourself out and just get to know people. Um, and, and this, sorry, sorry for cutting you no, off. No, 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 go for it. This, 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 this person that, you know, like that's there with you might end up saving your life at some Absolutely. point. You know, like, or, or, just, yeah. or just something Good like, just like, you know, like just try to be on the same page, you know, and just like, obviously like, you know, it happens to everyone, you know, we all take our frustrations on someone else sometimes, you know, and, and that one that one person will always be the lesser of you because like you have the more important position, you know? So it's like, but, but take into consideration that at some point in, in our, at least in our industry, that, that, that very person might end up saving your life, you know? So it's like, I don't know, just try to be more, more comprehensive and more understanding to that. Yeah. Awesome point to make. That That's a great point. I, I don't think I could put it better than that, man. Yeah. That person might save your life. Yeah, there's a cherry on yeah. top. So uh, with that, I'm going to say stay safe and, you know, enjoy what you do because we climb trees for a living. Thanks, Ricardo. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah.